as the great Bugs Bunny once said. They said it couldn't be done, but we've done it. What did you do? Episode 100 of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. Listen to the music. The fans are going wild, Craig. It's a milestone. But unlike, uh, you know, Mr. Seinfeld and Mr. Larry David, I don't think we're at the point right now where the syndication will get to the point where at every moment in the world today, there's a Seinfeld playing. Did you know that? And every second of the day, you know what that means? Sazich, Sazich, my friend. And you need 100 episodes to do it. But the podcast world's a little bit different from what I'm told. Well, it is, but that's okay. I mean, Seinfeld is still relevant today. If they could find a way to inject some social media references into it. it would, it's just as relevant today. And it, it, it's amazing the brilliance of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David and what they were able to produce that you can turn on an episode and you go, that happened to me today or that happened to me yesterday, right? So, you know, uh, y- you think about how creative they were. And one of the things that I loved about Seinfeld and still love about it is Larry David and Seinfeld, they started off with an idea, an idea, Steve. And then they said, okay, let's see where the idea goes. Let's, here's how we could start the idea. And then they let it go. It's kind of like what we do. We start with an idea. We look at the schedule. We don't, we, we know what, we, what, what we'd like to talk about, but we let it flow, right? We add a little bit of humor. And as you well know, I mean, uh, we could uh, each be a character on side, but I, there's no question I'm Kramer. I'm, I'm Kramer. The question is, are, are you Elaine, Jerry, or George? Uh, <laughs> maybe all three at different times. <laughs> uh, maybe right. Maybe right. Um, who's yada yada? You know what? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And it's true. We start with, Kramer was dark and demented at the beginning. And they went, they, they changed it. Nope, that's not working. We're going to make him more entertaining. We're going to make him a fun dude and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it is special. And they knew enough to go in another direction. If they went in this direction and it didn't work, we're going to drop Jerry's skits at the start of the show. We need more time. We're going to kind of go, and I love it. And what we try to do is real life, real drama, real radio and TV of what's happening. And what's happening right in front of our eyes this year is the possibility of five new playoff teams, right? Vegas and Seattle, New Jersey, uh, and the New York Islanders which means what happens to Florida? What happens to Washington? What happens to Calgary? Like some teams are, it's one thing if you're in trouble 10 games in, ah, U.S. Thanksgiving, ah, 30 games? Like if the teacher said, this is going to be, you know, a 30-year mark, and you're like, I got a D minus. Like Florida, D minus. Rangers, switch up the lines. Are they out of the woods yet? I love that there's change. And I love when we were working together. Remember that big red chair, that big red chair that me, you, and Dave Rutherford sat in and talked hockey, expect the unexpected. I didn't expect Seattle. I didn't expect New Jersey. Yeah, Vegas, probably better, you know, had to be better. I love it. I love that there's teams right now that are sweating and it's not boring and it won't be the same eight teams in the East, Craig. That much, that much we can guarantee. Yeah, and, and, and you just think about what Washington just went and did. They beat a good Seattle Kraken team at home, and then they went into Winnipeg and beat a good Winnipeg Jets team. And they didn't do it with kind of, uh, you know, hope and prayers. They did it with a really good, solid team play. I I, I got to say this about the Washington Capitals and Peter Laviolette. 
Peter has been a coach known for, we're going after it. We're going to jump. We're going to get everybody involved and we're going to play forward, you know? And when you have all your players in your lineup, you know, you can do that, but they've been decimated by injury. And I think Peter Laviolette and his staff there have done a magnificent job of adjusting. You look at how they play defense. They don't give up very much. You know, Charlie Lindgren's the goaltender. I mean, they have a they have a backup goaltender right now. <laughs> it is like it's he's come from out of the weeds, out of nowhere, and the Washington Capitals keep winning. And I think that that's a perfect uh, situation of coaches looking at their team and going, "We got to make some adjustments. We can't play the same way I'd like to play." That to me is coaching. One of the things that drives me crazy, Steve, in every sport is when coaches go, well, they know the system. Well, maybe your system doesn't work for this group of players. And maybe the system that worked when your team is healthy is different than, the, than what we need right now. Good coaches adapt. I think Peter's done a fantastic job with the Washington Capitals. I have felt that they were the maybe the most vulnerable team in the East to missing the playoffs. I'm watching them play right now, Steve. I like the way they play. And I can't say that about a number of other teams. I don't like the way the Rangers are playing. I don't like the way the Calgary Flames are playing. I don't like the way the Florida Panthers are playing. And at the at, at the end of it all, right, I think those coaches have to do a lot better job with the group they have. Because I think they have talent. They're too good to be middling, th those teams. And the Capitals' example on this four-game run of which I read this morning that Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom are on the trip. Like uh -huh. they were, well, you don't go on a trip. Like you don't go on a trip with a broken leg, right? You don't go on a trip if the hip's not feeling better. You don't go on a trip with the ACL surgery. So that's got to be one eyebrow up. Kemper retroactively on IR and as a manager, when you're retroactively putting, you're feeling like they're closer. You're playing the game of, you know, slicing the tomato not long-term injury, we'll see it in February. So that's interesting because I think the other guy's named Hunter Shepard, which I think is just a great name, Hunter Shepard. Like, you know, Hunter and Gathers and, you know, probably came from the old country, like Hunter Shepard. It's just a beautiful name, Craig. He's my favorite goalie already. I haven't even seen him play yet. But anyway, like Phoenix Copley, like what a great name that is. And he won the other night. But anyway, so I look at these teams that I'm trying to gather, gather information. I'm hunting and gathering for information and looking. So that nicely brings us to Colorado. Like Miko Ranton and Valerie Nachushkin and Kale McCarr were on the ice for the hat trick goal. Like there, this is to use a Seinfeld reference. This is the meal. Like these three are the meal now with everybody out. Nine at one point of 18 skaters were out of their lineup. Nine guys who would have been in the lineup had they all been healthy. Nine were gone. Now Nachushkin's back. They were doing the group hug on the winner with the Ranton and hat trick. I say to myself, they're they're not high flying. Peter Laviolette made adjustments as Jared Bednar's realized. I'm missing horses. You don't win the Kentucky Derby with Gus, the field goal kicking mule. You got to change things up. And they they got a Blues team that that's that's a that's a critical point. An empty net six on five goal to tie and then winning it in overtime. Look at the standings now. Like the Abs are gonna have to fight through this like the Capitals. And no one Craig will feel sorry for them. At least that game, that's a check in the Jared Bednar box because he too is playing the game that you just alluded to with Peter Laviolette. Good coaching, right? Good coaching. And 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 that's where it's at. I mean, you know, Daryl Sutter, who I think is a good coach, 
pretty critical of his team after losing in Columbus on Friday night. Then he's critical of the officiating and hockey ops on Saturday. Like, Daryl, you need to do a better job. And guess what? Daryl, you're capable of doing a better job. So do a better job. Stop blaming the league and stop every everything's always pointed at everybody else. Stand in front of the mirror and ask yourself, what can I do better? Because Daryl keeps talking about everything else. He hasn't coached very well this year. Bottom line. You know how we talk about players that have they haven't played as well? They have a little bit of an off. Daryl Sutter's having an off year coaching. Bottom line. And so, you know what he needs to be better? Jared Bednar. Who, who wants to have nine guys out of your lineup? Who Like, really? You know, you got to go and play the games, right? We're going to find a way. I'm going to show you. I'm going to try to give you a plan, and the players are buying. Miko Ranton, and I'm going to tell you this right now, he is maybe the most under-the-radar player in the league who's a superstar. The guy's a superstar. He plays every situation in the game. He just continues to produce. People, oh, he plays with McKinnon. And then when he doesn't play with McKinnon, like, all I know is Miko Randon is dominant player. Kale McCarr. Just about a point a game. Plays almost 28, 29 minutes a game. I, he's he's unbelievable, Steve. I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. Like, I mean, you look at the injuries they've had, and he just keeps keeps on McCarring. I'm going to call it McCarring. I'm calling what he does McCarring. And it, it, it's so impressive. And I'm just going to lead you into this. St. Louis Blues are in big trouble. Doug Armstrong has some real, some real questions to ask because I don't think they got it. I don't think they got it. I think I think he's got to look at what he can do uh, to affect change in his group, positive change in his group. I don't think they got it, and I don't think they get it. And the one thing that <laughs> I don't think the the one thing that seemed to matter in 2019 at the turn was there were a lot of players that were hard to play against. Right? Uh, People talk about missing Steen and Bowmeister, guys that just get in the way. Sometimes that just matters, just get in the way. I mean, I saw some stuff last night, Craig, um, and it, it reminded me of not that I wanted to be there till two in the morning, but we would have had some breakdowns about like some of the goals the Bruins scored against Vegas. And we're talking about Alec Martinez on two of them. We're talking about stick, puck, or body. You can't get nothing, none, none of the three. You better either get his stick, the puck, or the body, right? That's, that's, that's the modern game of unbelievable defense. And the Blues, selective hearing on checking. And they got some good players who aren't buying in, who think I did it this way. Ah, tomorrow I'm not going to do it that way. And you know what I'm talking about. They're very skilled, but they like to go north, Craig. Just south, they think it's an option. I'm sure Craig Berube just can't believe it. And they're in big trouble. And the avalanche and the adjustments, they put Miko Ranton in that center. Right, they, they they said you're going in the middle, and it's funny. I've said this to people before. Name the best three right wingers in the NHL, and continually his name is not mentioned. Now I'm not taking anything away from the Mitch Marners of the world. I'm, I'm not saying that Matthews mostly on the right side. There's some great players, but I think some of it just is he is for some in that quiet zone on the clock, right? Like when they're going to bed or watching games or whatever. They're missing his greatness and giving more credit. And, and they deserve credit, Makar, and Landis Gog when he's healthy, and McKinnon, Makar, all that stuff. I, I get it all. But this guy is kind of, and he's too good to be Steve Larmer. So right now it's his team up front. 
Like it's his team. Get on my shoulders and I'm going to try to take you somewhere until we get some injured bodies back. And some teams are succeeding and, and others are not. And as we look at this year and who's in and who's out, remember what the Penguins were a little while ago? They were under NHL 500. Like they were battling, are they old? And who who said jump on my shoulders? Who said jump on my 35-year-old shoulders? Sidney Crosby. If I if I didn't watch it and believe it, like there's going to be some potential career numbers here now. Is he scoring 50? I'm just saying that times he's got a spry, quick, strong energy to himself where he's snapping it. Then I'm thinking, please play 75 to 82 games, Craig. Please play 75 to 82 games. I want to know what he's going to do because this run is fun. Like this Penguins run is fun right now. And look at Latang coming back the other night, which is a you know a mini miracle. So I love it because when the chips are on the line, people have to deliver. Are you folding? Are you checking? Are you going all in? Uh, and the Penguins, as you know, have gone all in with this lineup. You don't sign these guys at this age if you don't think you could win. So I find these story not storylines fascinating, my friend. 87. I'm going to say that I'm putting up number five. Number five, Sidney Crosby is the fifth best player all time in NHL history. To me, Mount Rushmore is established. It's Gretzky or Lemieux. How? Never like, sorry, you're going to have to do something incredibly special to get into that top four. And I don't see anybody currently that's that's going to move that but i absolutely have Sidney crosby as the fifth best player of all time and 17 seasons since he came into the league in 2005 his star has not shone any less brightly during that time 17 seasons 17 seasons do you know something you know tom brady who's had his brilliance in the nfl right Sidney Crosby is, is the NHL's answer to greatness and, and over a long, long period of time. And if you see a fall off in his game, Steve, please let me know because I don't see any fall. And last year, keep in mind, he came back from that hand surgery. He had a brilliant season last year. He had a brilliant season last year. Well, and, and he didn't play all those games, but you look at his points and goals per game. Massively impressive. And to me, what's I mean, we know how what a great talent Sydney is, but what he has in abundance, if if I had to give a, a like a skill mark for Will, and I think Will is a skill, Sidney Crosby would be off the charts. He'd be a six out of five for Will. And he just with the skill, I mean, he, he takes it to the highest level possible. Any more will from anyone else currently in the league right now? Like, does somebody tie Sid, come close to Sid? I know you scout when you taught me to scout out of fives. So you're saying, I rarely give a six. Maybe you gave Kale McCarr a six for skating or McDavid a six for hockey sense. Is that will skill a six? And this is season 18, right, Craig? This is season 18 for Sid. And right now, when you look at some of those numbers, I think it's better to just say, here's the pace right now. 82 games, 50 goals, 62 assists for 100, 
and 12 points, right? That's the number. That's the number right now. And it's not surprising. And it's not at such a crazy pace. You're going, well, this is, this is, this is too much. I, it's going to come down and maybe it does, but right now, the way he's snapping it, and I'm talking about the shot, the underrated kind of accurate shot that he's using is, is something. And it's not said of, you know, before the David Steckel hit, but this kind of stuff is if you're missing it, folks, I'm telling you sometimes Craig, I'm just going through shifts, the shift of the Crosby shift, the shift of the McKinnon shift when he's healthy, you know, McDavid, you know, certain guys where you're like, I want to see them. I want to see them. And that's what Sid's doing right now. And I love it that Ovi at 37 and Sid at 35, they're going to play with something that starts with the letter F into their letter. They both love it too much, Craig. They both love it too much. And we should love them. We should love them because what they have done for this league since they entered the league has been nothing short of unbelievable. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time to move on to KB on Ice. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Mr. Button, new week, new Sazich. What do you like? Do you remember the 1994 Stanley Cup semifinal? New Jersey Rangers, Mark Messier, we're going to win. Then he delivers the hat trick in game six. Matto wins it in game seven. For the New York Rangers, I would say that this is a must win on a Monday night at home against their cross-river rivals, the New Jersey Devils. I'm going with the Rangers to win at home. New Jersey Devils looked a little vulnerable against the New York Islanders. I haven't seen that very much this year. Rangers to win at home. And on Tuesday, in the peg, the Winnipeg Jets didn't look very good against Washington on Sunday. This is a real test for them against Vegas. They have to be a lot better than they were against Washington. I'm taking the Jets to beat the Golden Knights. Injury depleted on the blue line. No Petrangelo, no Theodore. Jets win at home against the Golden Knights. I'm going right to Tuesday. Guarantee a Leaf win over the Ducks. Guarantee a multi-goal win. Guarantee the over and guarantee the Marner. Guarantee, guarantee, Gare, speaking of your Messier, I'm doing that. And I think the Leafs will pay the Ducks back for what the Ducks did on the pond. And I'm going with Ottawa over Montreal on Wednesday. Tuesday Leafs, Ottawa, Montreal. I'm taking Ottawa. Ottawa's better than they've shown but they better start showing they're better than they've shown. (laughs) Sports Interaction is a comedy team. Cool and button. Log on to SIA.com forward slash cool button pod to sign up and deposit today. Canada Sportsbook is Sports Interaction 19 plus. Please gamble responsibly. And remember, we're just doing our best over here, folks. So since you just brought it up and people... People are strange animals. You know that song? I'm a strange animal. I think it was Gowan. I'm a strange yep. animal. Yeah. Went to my friend's church. Uh, nice man. Nice man. Strange animal. Daryl's chat about, I said this when I was in Chicago, and I remember the clip when he was in Chicago. And fans that I talked to, a have fan the other day, really asked me, and this is a smart engineer, like, Really, do you think the league maybe has something against Montreal because of the French factor? This is what he says to me, right? 
Daryl doing his thing. The 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 situations involving goaltender interference. What do I say to these people? You know, one of which being Daryl, is this a sign of desperation? You know, now I can't blame this. I can't blame that. So is he setting up a call for the next time the Leafs come to Calgary? I watched the penalties again. Maybe the Backstrom call, right? Or the Backlund call. Other than that, you stick someone in the fight. I think, the you know, if, if there was what, 11, 12 calls in the game, I, I worse I'd say 11 for 12. Keep your stick down. The reason we have sticking penalties, Craig, is there's nobody doesn't lose an eye. It's there to protect you and you and you. So I I was surprised, and it was a soft conversation after the game because he, he was kind of mumbling a little bit. So I don't know where this is going. I don't know what it means. I don't know how he's going to get Huberto going and everything else. But what do we say to the people? Like someone who uh, educated person thinks, you know, I think they're against my Habs because might have something like that call with Logan Couture the other night. I don't know what to do. Do I walk away and just leave a 20 and tell the waitress I'll be back next time? Because sometimes I'm sure at the league office, it must get nauseating. And I know when the GMs have called before, that should be a television show. The GMs are on the line. Hello, yes. Yeah, I didn't like what happened the other night. Craig, I don't know if you ever phoned and complained. I'd like to think if you had a problem, you would then have a solution to, you name it, goalie interference or something else that was on your mind. Never called, not not on those things. It was funny. I was talking. To, I remember one time talking to Colin Campbell. We were talking about it, and and we were we were just talking about that. And he and he and he said to me, he goes, Craig, the most amazing thing is, I get calls from GMs on nights their teams aren't even playing, phoning to complain about something. Did you see that play just there? That was called a penalty. It should have been called a penalty in my game two nights ago. He said, like, and I'm going like what? And I'm and like you know like. You know, I mean, Colin would never do that. Just hang up on him. See you, bye. <laughs> like, you know, and let me just say one thing to you. I'm going to say two things to you. Any coach that thinks by complaining he's going to get a call in his favor somewhere down the road is a complete idiot. A complete idiot. Let me just, let me emphasize that. Complete idiot. It's not the way the game works. But what I would say about Daryl is, it's, it's just another example when Smart people say something dumb. Doesn't mean he's a dumb person. He just said something dumb. <laughs> That's what he did. And I, we got all kinds of examples of times when a smart person said something dumb. That, that, that's what Daryl did on Saturday night. That's what he did. And you know what? I, 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 you'd have to ask Daryl what he's trying to gain through that. You know what? But it, 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 it quite frankly, I'll, I'll use one word to describe it. Pathetic. Pathetic. And Jonathan Huberto is playing pretty well. Jonathan Huberto is playing pretty well. He's found a level of play that's that's markedly better than what we saw in the first dozen games or so. But, you know, I, I have no idea. I'm like you. I watched it. I'm like, well, what, what penalties are you talking about? What like well, what, what's your complaint? Like, you know, at the end of it all, you you, you know, you, you you did pretty well and you start the overtime when Sheldon Keefe is going to start with two defensemen <laughs> and like Jonathan Huberto takes a bad penalty. I don't know what you say. I don't know what you said. It's a bad penalty. And you're going to come down and go, Oh, ever since Chicago, strange things happen when you come to Toronto. Like I'm sitting there going like, really? But that's, that might be a case of a, of, of a coach too, not knowing what else to say.
Well, if that's if you're better off saying nothing, no comment. But the thing that made me really stand back and take notice of it is he wasn't led anywhere. He he took that conversation right there. He took it there. So go ahead. Smart person saying a dumb thing. It's about all I can say to it. <laughs> yeah. And we like to address that because the fans are talking about it. And we like to be topical. Um, Vancouver, boy, talking about trying to get back to NHL 500 and then taking the next step and then laying an egg like that. The Brock Besser, I don't know if it's called a fiasco. What went on with Bruce earlier this year when I think if he lost that game in Buffalo, according to Bruce himself, he thought he would be relieved of his duties. So let's let's analyze this mini soap opera. And apparently I said something on the radio the other day calling it a soap opera. And somebody said, I don't like your comment, to which I said, I don't care that you don't like my comment because it's been a mini soap opera. Uh, and I alluded to there's a lot of people in charge or the appearance that there is. But I think it's Jim Rutherford who's really running things here. But you talk about a manager or managers having to know what they've got. So what do they have in Brock Besser? What do they have in Bo Horvat? What do they have in Spencer Martin for Thatcher Demko? If the Blues are in trouble and the Flames are in trouble and the Rangers might be in trouble and we've got a whole bunch of other, Nashville might be in trouble. Well, the Canucks are more in trouble than the team's in trouble. So realistically, what goes on? Like if you're Bo I don't know anything about Bo Horvat's plans. Is he saying, we're taking this into the summer? You know, would you advise him to do that? This Vancouver thing could go a lot of different ways. You know, it's not just a fork in the road. There's a lot of highways, right? Are we going to Pasadena? Are we going to the, you know, are we going golfing? I don't know. I look at it here sometimes and there's moments of, wow, Elias Pettersson's, oh, here they come. And then it's like, oh my God, what was Luke Shen doing? Is Stillman an NHL defenseman? What was Myers doing in the corner? I don't know. I, I, and I don't know. I would not want to fix that thing. I don't know where to start, Craig. Uh, I wouldn't know where to start. Okay, so you say that. You don't know where to start, which is fine, right? But And the way I look at it is this. So Bo Horvat's going to be 28 years old next summer. He's, he, he's, a, he's an excellent skater. He's an excellent competitor. He adds a lot of different positive elements to any team he's on and like any other player Bo looks at a situation where, where you're wired to win and says do I have a chance to win here do I really legitimately think I have a chance to win because that's how Bo's wired and so then you th then you look at it and say would I have opportunities elsewhere I think the answer to that is 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 an emphatic yes and who wouldn't want Bo Horvat is the question. Who wouldn't want Bo Horvat? And I think with the salary cap going up and how that's going to impact player movement and salaries, Bo Horvat now has a decision to make. I mean, he's the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Is that enough to hold them there? And we just saw, you know, Johnny Goudreau leave. He was a Calgary Flame. He's and and people say, well, it's you, you, it's not following what you what you said, Craig. Like you know, that he was going someplace to win. The Calgary Flames could have signed Johnny Goudreau two summers ago, and they made him an offer that was absolutely insulting. And Johnny Goudreau didn't get over that. He really didn't get over that. And so you better be careful how you proceed with your players, because you, you're not. It's not like you're going to make an offer on a house. A house doesn't have feelings. A, a house doesn't have thoughts. But a player 
does. And you know, you can you can hurt a player like that. And 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 it's feeling and and you have to value people. And I don't know if, if Bo feels valued or not valued. I do know that they made him a contract offer that absolutely he was completely unimpressed with. <laughs> so that's not on him. That's on that's on management. So now you have Bo Horvat. We saw Goudreau leave, and and now you go to Elias Pettersson. So Elias Pettersson signed a three-year contract, and coming out of entry level. I think the bigger question for the Vancouver Canucks is, what do they do? What does what what does you got Bo Horvat? You're dealing with. You're you're looking at Brock Besser. Now you're going to say, if you're Elias Pettersson, what are you going to do there? What where does he go? Where does he go at the end of next season? Because he'll have one year to unrestrict it. One year. Where do you go? And like, that's where the Vancouver Canucks find themselves. Because what happens if like Brock Besser leaves, Bo Horvat leaves, and then Elias Pedersen goes, I'm out of here. Now what do the Vancouver Canucks do? Forget about on the ice. Forget about needing defensemen to be a better team. Just think about that scenario playing out. You lose your captain. You lose a top player in Elias Pettersson, Trey Besser, whatever you want to do. Wow. That, that is a big problem. And that is a problem. I shouldn't say problem. It's not a problem yet. But you better consider the scenario because it could become a massive problem. Well, and it's not like that's going to play out over two years. And then in the 2025 draft, Connor Bedard's available. And then you sell off these assets and you Arizona this thing and go into 2025 going after, you know, a local boy. They're too good right now. They spent the money on JT Miller. We could argue if they should have done that or not. There's obviously something not right with Brock Vester and the Canucks after the cancer night call it fiasco whatever put it this way you treat people how you want to be treated is this the night that you make that statement the game before the game after so and then then you play and then you're you're out of the lineup then you're in the lineup oh and and so they're too good to be anaheim and what arizona i think will eventually do although it's been nice since they've returned home that's been a fun nice little story so Sometimes you just sit there and wonder, I don't like using the word that it's a mess. There's just a lot to do as a, as a manager, there's a lot to do. And there's still a lot of talent there. I, I wonder how they're going to end up handling it. So it's a, it's a circle spot, right? It's a circle spot because, you know, you mentioned St. Louis earlier. We talked Vancouver, Calgary, like there's a lot of teams that don't know it yet. They're not going to be happy, you know, Easter weekend. Like it's going to be, you told me about expectations once before, and it's about managing them. If you expected to have a good year and make the playoffs, and then you don't, that's something that has to be dealt with, with ownership, the president, the afterwards. You exceed expectations, Craig. Everyone loves you. Oh, Lindy bro, this is great. We, you know, If it goes the other way in these places... I'm just wondering what's going to happen. There's a lot of teams now. And you met, we, we, we've mentioned spotlight on Florida, spotlight on St. Louis, spotlight on Calgary, spotlight on Vancouver, spotlight on Nashville. There's only so many spots at the table. What do you think, this musical chairs table? No, there's 16 seats, eight and eight. A lot of these teams are missing, man. And then, I don't know, you know what they call it in the NFL the day after. I'm just saying right now, I, I think there's a lot of people 
They're feeling this, Mr. Bud. They're feeling this. So you and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not trying to pick this apart, but the Vancouver Canucks are not too good. The Vancouver Canucks, and you talk about expectations. And and so expectations, you know, what 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 is realistic for the Vancouver Canucks? And 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 how do you see your team and where you're at? And we look at them and yeah, they have some really good forwards and they have some, and, and they can, they can run and gun. They can run and gun really well. And, and, and that's what they are. So if that's what you want to be and, and, and you want to say, okay, we're in the entertainment business and we're just going to entertain and we're not going to worry about anything else. And that's fine. Then accept it and say, that's what we're going to try to do. But if you want to look at the Vancouver Canucks and try to think that they're, they're a competitive team like against real good teams. No, they're not even close in my view. But I think that I think what I just outlined previously, Steve, is a bigger problem because what are you? Who are you without Bo Horvat and Elias Patterson? Because when the players start to turn again, start to say, I don't want to be here, that's a bigger indictment. That's a bigger indictment than saying, oh, we fell short of expectations. In 1995, 1995-96 season, we were en en route in Dallas to having a a really poor season. A really poor season. Bob Ganey was our coach manager. And he recognized, he recognized that we were what I would call a nowhere team. We were nowhere. We had Madonna and we had some good players and everything. We we did. We had some good players, but we were going nowhere. We had Hatcher and we had Matt Fitchuk. We had Letton and like, you know, we, we had some good young players. We were going nowhere. And Bob recognized it. Bob Bob did a few things. Bob said, We need to we need to solidify our, our older group. Traded for Joe Newendike. Bob Ganey stepped down as coach. Think about that. Stepped down as coach. Ken Hitchcock came in that summer. We signed Patty Verbeek. We trade for Sergei Zuboff. Bob Ganey had a very clear vision. And this is long. This wasn't, this didn't happen when we were close to winning. This happened when we were in nowhere land, nowhere land. And Bob said, if we want to stay in nowhere land, we can just sit here and not make a trade for Joe Newendike. I can stand behind the bench. <laughs> he said, "Ah, uh-uh, not the way it's going to run here. That's where the Vancouver Canucks find themselves. Other teams find themselves there too. If you want to kid yourself and you want to look at it through rose-colored glasses and not really see things as they are, you're going nowhere. And the Vancouver Canucks, until they address their biggest problem, which is who wants to be invested in the Vancouver Canucks right now, they're going nowhere. Who wants to be invested in the Vancouver Canucks? I'm talking about the players. That is the situation they better deal with. Wow. Craig, I love that. I love that. And I, I lived it and I lived it. That's what being a manager, brilliant manager, hockey player and thinking they thought and, and, and has to ask honest questions. How do I look? I'm a little overweight. I got to figure things out. How's my face? I got to like, you, you can't just hear and think what you want to hear and think it's the truth. And because Bob had dealt with it, look what it led to the ultimate prize. So I love that, which my final thought, because we're running up against it here, uh, is final thoughts on two guys who've been there before, Taves and Kane. I went from believing, gone for sure, playing this game about 
not waving, becoming UFAs, you know, maybe telling the Blackhawks, you think you're dictating our future? We're dictating our future. Is there a game going on here, Craig? I think eventually they'll go. Is this all about going on my terms? You thought you were going to run me out of town? They're going to build two statues at, outside this rink. Where are you on Taves and Kane? My gut feeling is they'll go, but they're playing this game with Chicago now. We are going to dictate everything because we've earned it. Am I way off or do I have something here, Craig? You're, no, you're not way off. Bottom line is they do control their destiny. They have, they have no move clauses. Like, I mean, they decide where they go and if they, well, they decide if they go and then where they go. That's how it works. And they're, they're wired to win. They're not going to go someplace where they don't have a chance to win. The salary cap has a part to do with this, you know, as teams try to open up some salary cap room in different ways. Right. But you're going to look at, and, and you know what, like maybe in, in at the beginning of the year, they'd say, I'm going to go here, there, there. Well, for Jonathan and Patrick, they can look at it and go, well, maybe that team isn't as good as I thought. They want to go somewhere where they can win. That's where they want to go. I don't think there's any question that those two players can help a team go to another level and win and win. I'm not talking about compete. I'm talking about and win. I don't think there's any question. They're in full control. We'll see where it goes. They're going to be traded. They're going to be UFAs. There's going to be statues built for them in Chicago, all the above. But make no mistake about it. They control and there's going to be lots of interest. This is my final thought. We started with 100 episodes and we started talking about Seinfeld. I'm going to finish again with Vancouver. You know what Vancouver is? It's that great episode with Kramer. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. I'm hideous. <laughs> Don't look at me. Look away. That's the Vancouver Canucks. After 100 episodes, they better find a way to be something you can look at and look at with pride. So you're saying they've uh, been spent too much time in the smoke room. Um, <laughs> so that, that's one way to look at it. You've aged in the course of two weeks. So uh, I'm, their fans felt like that. I'm telling you, their fans felt like that after Saturday. Oh, uh, that's great. 100. I'm looking forward to 101. And maybe 101, we'll try to place 19 and 88. What would be good realistic fits for them uh, moving forward? That's a lot of fun. For producer Bruce Bolton, Mr. Craig Button, I'm Steve Coolius. We hope you've enjoyed another edition of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. Enjoy the games. We've got playoff games in December. We'll talk to you at 101. Ciao.